When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hi, everyone. I am Don Johnson. Hi. And I'm Fancy Peters. Oh, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and we are the Freedom Fillies. <laughs> we hope you're having a great day out there. Mm-hmm. Our favorite thing to listen to is the, the Knapsack Files. The Knapsack Files is back on the road. We're here in Camarillo, California, or as he calls it, Camarilloville. I'm Ken Knapsack here with Jay Aaron again to talk about more music, because we just can't stop talking about music. We, we just can't. We can't stop listening. We can't stop listening. We can't stop talking. We recorded the uh, top 10 songs we need to live on podcast mm-hmm. that went, uh, I think it was a two-hour and 42-minute podcast. Um, we couldn't stop talking. Then we went to lunch, and we're talking about music and listening on the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you spent a long time time talking about aha and how you don't like the fact that they're the take on me band we i'm not kidding folks got in the car and take on me was playing on a satellite radio you station you can't make this stuff up <laughs> yep so jay thanks for uh, having us back here in your home uh, your castle you let the whole studio uh, come on in and invade your privacy ken thanks for having me back it's it's great to be back again it's been so long and uh mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. The last one I, I was looking forward to, but this one I just feel like we can talk so yeah, much more. The last one we did, again, the songs, and not necessarily our all-time favorite songs, but our all-time favorite songs that we need to live uh, with and on and by and the songs that strike a chord in our souls and hearts. And it was a little dark. It was a little depressing. It, it was. But that's what we like. It, it, it's who we are. It's what we do. And But now we're, we're, going, we're on to albums. We are on to our top 10 favorite albums, which was very very difficult to choose it was it was difficult to choose there were some that were no-brainers and there yeah were, and there were some that I, I in my case there were some where if we could say top 10 artists that we like okay i can only listen different. to these 10 yeah. artists i would i would actually have probably picked many different ones yeah you know like i like bowie i'm a massive bowie yeah, fan. Bo- Bo- yeah. bowie's not in my top 10 yeah, but if if you said which ten artists would you have, Bowie would probably be number totally one. Totally agree. Uh, as okay. you know, one of my all-time favorite artists is Beth Orton. Oh yeah, who I've seen uh, live and was one of my most spiritual moments I've ever seen mm. uh, her singing live at the Mayan down in Los Angeles. Uh, not on my top favorite uh, songs I need to live on, and not on my top favorite albums. But uh, does not mean she is still not my top, one of my top ten. So, Actually, a top five artist. So you me. haven't had a falling out. You guys patched no, things up. No, you're, we you're patched good. it up. Okay. Uh, unlike her and Ryan, Ryan Adams at one point. No, actually, oh. I think they're good friends now. They were together. Mm. Oh, English Girls approximately is about Beth Orton and the end of yeah. their relationship. And Concrete Sky on her album, which Adam sings uh, backing vocals, is a breakup song. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, oh, gotcha. uh, anyways, uh, not yeah. enough about people who are on on this list but enjoy Beth Orton if you're listening folks go download her songs and albums and purchase them and all that good stuff sure here is top 10 favorite albums 
and with some, uh, we're going to sneak in a couple others that almost made the list. We are going to sneak in a few others. And, and I think before we even get started, yeah. I just kind of wanted to just chat about albums in general. Because, yes, you know, yes. I, I made a joke last time when I talked about an album and I said, kids, have your parents explain what an album is. Right. You know, because, and, and again, Ken wrote a great essay in his book, <laughs> keep, Tiny Mixtapes of the Soul. No, this is only like my third time yeah, mentioning yeah, you're, today. You're going to get some of the profits, all I, $2. That, this is what I'm, I'm angling for it. But uh, Amazon.com. Kindle. Uh, I have read almost the entire mm-hmm. book cover. It, it, it's brilliant. I've read a lot of these essays when you posted them on Tiny Mix Tapes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm rediscovering them in the book. And, yeah. and that's why I said in a lot of cases we're twin sons of different mothers because yeah. we have so many similar viewpoints. And one of Ken's most famous essays was about uh, the yeah. death of the album. Uh, and and this this thing really caught some caught some steam. I mean, I, think I wrote you, that in two thousand three or four. Right, and and here the we are. Was dying there, and, and it was dying and then. Dead. And yeah, that one was. It ended up in some internet forums and chat rooms and all that kind of stuff. It, it did. Rob Thomas apparently quoted it. Is that is that right? <laughs> Am I correct? Uh, no, 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 no. I think I quoted Rob. Thomas. Oh, you quoted Rob Thomas. Um, okay, but um, I. It's funny. I do specifically remember seeing a message board post where, well, you were talking about somebody holding their iPod and going, "Look at this! It holds forty megs of." <laughs> music and somebody wrote what an idiot it's not 40 megs it's 40 gigs i did notice you corrected it for the uh for the, I did, for the book i did yeah. correct it for the book right um, you didn't uh, want, you didn't want to find yourself back in the message irony again. and sarcasm yeah. is often lost on the internet so it, it, um, yes. megs gigs jpegs it doesn't matter yeah. uh, but yes that was yeah that but that article was about the death of the album that was coming and and was rob thomas of matchbox 20 uh you know laugh at the source material if you will the guy's a good artist and he knows that uh, he knew at the back then he goes the art of making an album not just listening Mm. to but the art of making an album and crafting an album it's forever changed now Mm -hmm. i love new technology i loved i've switched over digital music though it's hard i enjoy going to buy an album every now and then Mm -hmm. or a compact disc for all you people in the collecting in the 70s i get it um I, i i and you, you and I were talking, we were talking about songs the last time. Um, sometimes I have to, you hear me kind of going, uh, it's because I can't say, well, that was the album uh, XYZ and that was right. the f- track six on the album because I don't listen to it like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I download some yeah. songs. It pops up on my iTunes shuffle or I put it on a playlist with a bunch of other songs. Right. Lately, what I've had to do is create playlists that are just the albums or the artists so I can be <laughs> like... Uh, I did that with the Tired Pony, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I oh, sure. put it onto one thing and listened to it as an album again, right? Instead of just a collection of songs that pop up on a on an iTunes shuffle, yeah. Because I wanted to experience it as an album. And when you told me we were doing this, I actually got out of a bad habit I was into because I had a mm-hmm. playlist like Jay's favorite songs that has like almost 600 tracks in it. I mean, right. I could listen right. to just this playlist for literally like three days, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I found myself, and it's great when you put it on shuffle. It's like J Radio, you know. Every time, uh, you know, every time a song comes up, it's like I know, I know it, I right. like it, and and it's a surprise. That's kind yeah, of what's yeah, great yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, so it's, yeah. And then I found myself realizing that I, I've become the guy I can't stand. I don't listen to albums anymore. And so I really started to go back and really rediscovering yeah. albums. Because, to, I mean, there really is a joy in an album. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be – an album to me is, 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 a, is a collection of songs where the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts. Absolutely. That's right? an excellent point if I may jump in on there because sure. some of my choices, which I'll explain in this one – Folks, this isn't an all-time great. This isn't a Rolling Stone top 50 list where, uh, you know, the Doors, Rolling Stones, and, and the Beatles, and Led Zeppelin, and the Who, and all those are going to be represented. Some of those bands might be. Right. But this isn't a uh, 
taking into account the historical impact and all that kind of stuff. No. This is, I picked my personal favorite albums because this podcast is egocentric, of course. Um, Absolutely. It's all about Ken. Uh, the albums that uh, a lot of times, once I put them in my CD player, when my car had a working one, um, mm. one, one of them, it's funny, and I didn't even make the top 10, that almost, I, I think it went about three months before I pulled the album out. Wow. Listen to it on repeat for three months, approximately. Oh, wow. And that, to me, what makes them one of my top favorite albums. And it's an experience, like you say. Right. And, and to me, it's like, I, I think you used the term skipper last time. Like, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people who are like, I love this album. Oh, but this track sucks. And I go buy yeah. it. See, when I really love an album, even if there's a song I don't particularly like on there, mm -hmm. I, have to li I have to listen to it because it's part of the album experience. You kind of have to work through it. If there's, it. A, if, there's a <laughs> if there's a chapter in a book I didn't like, I wouldn't skip the chapter. Exactly. Okay. I mean, this, how's that for a parallel? Was that, was that Good. But but really, like, what's our book, sir? <laughs> but but yeah. yeah yeah these albums to me are like yeah they're probably not necessarily the greatest mm -hmm. albums in history. There's one in particular that is just pure unabashed pop music. It's right. nothing's going to save the world. But I just love it. Gotcha. I absolutely love it. it. And it would never make a Rolling, yeah. like you say a Rolling Stones list. But it but it speaks to me. Yeah, absolutely. It, and again, talking about Beth Orton, uh, Liz Fair was one of my all-time favorites, as you know. Mm -hmm. I don't have an album of hers on there, though Exxon Guyville is probably her best album because it, it, it changed the course of, of the music industry for a bit and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. It's not yeah. on here. You're right. Because I don't listen to it start to finish like I do a lot of these ones here. Sure. You you, you love the Beatles. I. Yeah. I, I love the Beatles too, not to the same level that you do. Sure. Um, yeah. I have a Beatles album that it, I don't have any Beatles in my top ten. Mm -hmm. I, I have a couple that just like you said just missed the cut. Maybe we should delve on into those yeah, albums yeah. That, that we really like. That yeah, yeah. Just just, just kind of. So let's begin because okay. last time we we ran out of time, um, though we could have gone on forever. But I, I want to make sure we have time for everything. So sure. I'll, yeah. I'll start off the bidding here with with uh, two albums that didn't make my list. They'll come in at eleven and twelve. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the one I was talking about, and this is a more recent album, which might be why it didn't. Maybe my soul wouldn't let uh, let a newer album sneak in, but uh, it's a shame. It's right. uh, Kings of Leon's Only by the Night. Now, this one is famous uh, now because of the Sex on Fire single. Oh, okay. Which came right. on and, and probably burnt some radio waves up, and people might get a little tired of that. I, They've had two great follow-ups to this album, by the way. Right, yeah. I've heard Sex on Fire once or twice. Okay. I'm sure. This whole album from start to finish, which includes the tracks Closer, Crawl, Sex on Fire, Use Somebody, which is actually my favorite song of theirs, Manhattan, mm. Revelry, Revelry is another great song, um, on and on. Um, uh, this, about two and a half months, never left my CD player in my car. Well, there you, there you go. That's So, so how could I discount that? I just couldn't put it in. In the top ten, I couldn't bring right. myself to do it. Well, well you know, and, and part of the thing with my top ten is, like you say, I have I have probably have nothing past uh, 1992 on here because yeah. I mean, if, if I still like this album 20 years after the fact, I'm always going to like it. Whereas, yeah. like just a great example, Tired Pony, well, like one of our new favorite yeah. bands, and I, I turned you on to it. Yeah, I love Thank this you. album now. Am I gonna, am I going to love this album in 10 years? I think so. I don't, but I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Maybe I'll look back and go. Definitely going to love a couple of songs. Right. The album's getting oh, there yeah. for me, but yeah. it's a damn good album. It's her second sure. album. Right. But it hasn't passed the test of time yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah anyway, go back to With the Kings your... of Leon, that's probably it too. It, it okay. was, I knew about Kings of Leon before, wasn't familiar with their music too much, but they'd open up for you too. And um, their, their previous uh, records, Aha Shake and stuff, were a little bit unfocused or a little bit of... Uh, 
one of them, I'll say it's a country jam record, which is mm. inaccurate, but that's the only <laughs> right. thing I can think of right sure. now. Yeah. This comes out, it is radio friendly, it is powerful, Sex on Fire blows up the airwaves, and they make a lot of money probably from that. Um, but they've got chops, folks, and their next two albums after that, uh, just as good, just maybe not as uh, radio friendly. Um, but this one from start to finish is an experience, and that's why I like that one. Um, but uh, the other one coming in, maybe number 11 or 12, is a band I think you know that I'm a fan of. It's a Scottish band called Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlene Spiteri is the lead singer. And um, this is the White on Blonde album, which came out in 97, I believe. Yeah, 97. The big single, for those at home keeping score, is Say What You Want. That was the big one. Say what you want. Okay, um, yeah, Nat. Yeah, I um, that was a bad... I don't sing. Um, <laughs> but I got it. But I got I got what you were, where you were going with that. So this album, another one of those... This also changed their sound dramatically. Before this, Texas started in 89 with an album called Southside. And then they came on the mm-hmm. one called uh, Heaven, another one called Rick's Road. Rick's Road is a great album with a lot of great songwriting and guitars and jangly guitars and bluesy, a little bit of blues influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then White on Blonde comes out in 97... And it is a pop album. Uh, synthesizers and, and, and drum machines and, and programs and, and her spectacular vocals. Mm-hmm. She is a, her vocal, um, her voice is, a, is an instrument. Uh, and it seems, seems like I'm writing bad poetry, but uh, <laughs> it is part of the makeup of that band is her voice. And right. Uh, say what you want is drawing crazy padding, patterns. Halo, put your arms around me. Insane. Black Eyed Boy, which is a great old kind of almost 60s doo-wop song. Polo City, White on Blonde, Postcard, Ticket to Lie, Good Advice, Breathless. Like you say, an album greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, other than Say What You Want, no big hits from this one, but mm. collectively start to finish, it is a, it is another journey. Right. And a, it's, a lot of the music is atmospheric pop. In the way to describe it, it's pop songs. It's radio-friendly pop songs, but it's a little bit of atmospheric kind of like you just kind of transport it to another area. I, I tell you, I, I'm already in love with the album. And I've never heard it. I actually have the first two Texas releases that you, mm-hmm. you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Frankly, I used to date a girl like Texas, so I kind of got into them too. Yeah. Way way back, you know when. <laughs> so rare to find a Texas fan. When, when, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Mm-hmm. No, but she liked them, and so I kind of got into it. But mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think the first two albums really didn't speak to me as much. But then you start saying, you know, synthesizers. But that's what I'm saying. You might yeah. really like this album. Oh, I, you you uh, that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. When you when you talk about synths and drum machines, come on, take on me. No, uh, that's but, how I learned them. Was this yeah. album okay. say what you want I saw on a video on VH1 it was rare to see the video it's on YouTube though say what you want and I was like oh that's that's kind of catchy listened to the album and loved it and I was like let me let me dive in and see Texas's catalog here what the heck is this stuff it's all bluesy kind of guitar <laughs> singer songwriter rock ended up loving a lot of it and then right. their career took that path they stayed on this path okay. uh, the oh. album The Hush is, is that is a very similar album um, and it was a kind of like Charlene as a sex pod and, and it, it was the photos on the albums were very sexy and it kind mm. of and she started a career in like a leather jacket jeans and a short haircut you know right and then since she's recorded some solo albums that captured she did like almost like a intentionally did like a 60s doo-wop pop kind of record uh two records and one was a bunch of covers of movie soundtrack songs and um 
they just released an album this year that went back to kind of the original style and it's it's a great great album too it's called The Conversation so um, anyways I've talked a lot those are my almost top 10 okay so you've got a couple that are almost top okay. 10 okay right? well yeah I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll have to pick a couple I, I have a list of about 8 here but I'll just talk about a <laughs> we couple we could probably pick 10 that were almost top 10 right? without question yeah this could have been a top 50 list easily well okay one is by uh, Roxy Music it's the album Avalon it was their last yeah, album gotcha. yeah gotcha yeah Roxy Music was a band that was really sort of like eh, punk's a bad word but they were kind of unpolished you know love is the drug sort of, sort of thing like yeah. Where it was it was good music, but it wasn't really polished. And then like Avalon comes out, and it's really stylish pop. I guess I guess Brian Ferry really took over the band at yeah. that point, and it was really stylish, gorgeous. Uh, more than this was the big song, as Bill Murray made famous in Lost in Translation. And I love more than this, and who doesn't love more than this? Oh, yeah. I, I, whether you like Brian Ferry or Roxy Music or anything like that, uh, it's hard not to love that song. And yeah, Lost in Translation really brought oh. that song back into the pop culture. A- absolutely. Um, but that song been pop. That song, 83, right? 80, 83? Oh, it, it might have been earlier than that, actually. Than yeah, that. I'll, have look, I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, but it was early 80s, which yeah. again is my wheelhouse anyway. But it's it's uh, just a gorgeous atmospheric. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is probably some good music for the sexy time. <laughs> not, that, not that I've ever, you know, well, gone, gone down more that More than road. this is a sad song, really. I, I, it, it really is a sad song. But the music, oh boy! But yeah, oh my God, sing it, Bill. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but, but, and what did you whisper in her ear at the end of that film, anyway? You know what? I don't want to know. There's a there's a YouTube video somewhere. There's a video where they amplify it and slow it down. I don't believe what it says. I can't remember what it says. But right. uh, I love that movie so much. And that ending, I was a great ending. And I I don't want to know what, there, what, she, what he said. There was a great story. I guess he was on some kind of ferry or something like that. I I hope this story is true. He was on a ferry, and someone like like the ferry driver yells out, "What did you say to the girl, Bill?" And Bill, oh, well, what I said to her was, and right at that moment, the horn sounds in the ferry. And he's like, his lips are moving. And he's saying all this stuff, but all you can hear is, and like people are just cracking up. I'd love to think that that story is true. There's a lot of Bill Murray stories on the internet that aren't true, but should be. But should be. Whether that it was, I'll put that in that category. Yeah, even if that story isn't true, it is to me now. So, but but it is a very, but anyway, Roxy Music Avalon, very beautiful. I mean, I have a song called To Turn You On. I do anything to turn you on. Just beautiful, atmospheric stuff. Classic, Um, classic. Yeah, here's one I'm going to go with the opposite end of the spectrum. From Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. Just, Get out of here! It's yeah? true. It used to be one of my favorites because one of, one of my one of my favorite Mar- songwriters. Marvin a day, right? Mar- Marvin a day. It, it's yeah. true. It, well, this used to be one of my favorite albums. I didn't realize I don't listen to it much anymore. But uh, it was all written by a guy named Jim Steinman, who yeah. he uh, he is probably a very polarizing figure. He is a very over the top bombastic style. I mean, this whole album yeah, yeah. is is seven songs, but the album probably runs about forty nine minutes. <laughs> every, every song is at least twelve. Well, this album is famous for two, uh, two out of three and bad. I mean, and yeah, talk, and yeah, talk, yeah. talk about about a great lyric for those who don't know the song the chorus he says I want you I need you but there ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you but don't be sad because two out of three ain't bad <laughs> I mean that is a great lyric but but Jim Steinman's also the guy who was responsible for better or for worse for total eclipse of the heart right, uh, right. making love out of nothing at all by air supply I mean he he is very is bombast he's all about like drums are cannons right 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 but but also Meatloaf can belt that guy yeah, can sing yeah. and it is just a great album it has one of my favorite songs of all time called For Crying Out Loud which is another nine-minute song. Starts out slow, goes into full orchestra bombast, and ends kind the of. Think about Meatloaf, nice. and you know, um, number one, I mean, the name. I mean, there's so much about him that's over the top, and and um, I don't want to say he, he at times becomes a punchline in pop culture, but mm. I, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. All that stuff for that the return of him. Oh sure. It be, 
it's one of those things where you forget now, or especially now, if you're a kid looking up and who's this guy? Right. When that album came out, it was even a little bit before my time. But but that that was a big bomb on the music. I mean, bomb like a good thing. Like it was yeah. like this oh, yeah. was a thing. Oh sure. Kind of like Frampton was at one point, and yeah, he may become a joke. You know, some bad anti yeah. you know some anti music people like oh Frampton with the ain't we? You forget, man. You forget of the time period. And Meatloaf was what he was. This awesome performer and and. Uh, I, I totally uh, approve of that being on the almost list. Yeah, well, well, not that I, you need my approval, but but, but I feel so vindicated now. Really, I, I feel <laughs> I, I feel validated. That's well, what yeah, I want. Well, let's face it; his name is Meatloaf, right? right there, but that's what I mean. Already, it's like, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, if he had released the on Bad Out of a Hell by Marvin a Day, two things: first, people would take it more seriously, and second, right. it would never become a hit because yeah, yeah, Marvin yeah. a but Day. It's fun. It's fun. Who doesn't like singing along to you know? Uh, I would do anything for love, and I won't do that. Which it was what, what that came out early '90s. Yeah, and that was actually out on Bad Out of Hell too. <laughs> Which, was, and he had <laughs> gone away for all that time. Sure, and, yep, and he had. So yeah. he is a talent. I don't care what uh, you might think if you're younger, you kids. Yeah. Um, or if you're older, I like it. So I, I totally yeah. get that. I totally yep. get that album being there. All right. Okay. So I, I could list six more, but we'll... Yeah, let's go into let's it, Let's move man. on. Let's right. go into it. We'll do it. We'll try to get to the points here. Thank you for listening, uh, people. I know this is kind of an indulgence talking about one of my favorite topics, which is music. Um Write down, take notes, mm-hmm. go to iTunes, buy these albums, or go to a store, go to Amoeba, go to go to somewhere, um, go to Licorice Pizza if it's still open. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll call and check. <laughs> so I'm going to start off. Um, uh, I'm going to start off with this album by Nick Lowe. Now you're familiar with Nick Lowe, kids, because uh, so it goes. And uh, uh, peace, love. Uh, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Cruel to be kind. Cruel to be kind. Um, that was actually peace, love. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Was actually his song. He actually wrote that, and performed it first, and then hmm. uh, his little buddy Elvis Costello. Uh, did a maybe dare I say better version, but mm. Low Nick Low produced Elvis Costello a lot in the early days. Um, All right. So Nick Low went from a new wave kind of rocker to over the years changed his style, fell out of favor, did some country tinged stuff, um, and it was uh, which are interesting and everything. But uh, you know, it was kind of this. He was this footnote in, uh, in, in in the music pop culture landscape. In two thousand one, he comes out with this album called The Convincer. And on the cover uh, is a picture of, of Nick Lowe, dressed very nice in a suit, full schlock of gray, white hair now, um, yeah. holding the ciggy. And he looks <laughs> yeah. very much like an old man now, a very calm in a smoking jacket kind of old man. And that was not the Nick Lowe of Cruel to Be Kind. Absolutely not. Not the Nick Lowe that helped create New Wave. He reminds me of Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. At, at least the way he's dressed, very like yeah. dignified English he's gentleman. He's got a picture on the right? inside of the... Uh-huh. Of the, the the album he's in the full suit the, 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 I'm jealous of his shock of hair um, this one this album 12 songs you want to talk about a journey this is a mood record a home record only a fool breaks his own heart lately I've let things slide she's got soul which is a happy love song believe it or not hmm. uh, I've just met what could be the making of me she's got soul it's a great lyric Cupid must be angry Indian Queens poor side of town he does a cover of it I'm a mess, which is a great one. Uh, Between dark and dawn, bygones won't go. And has she got a friend? Which is a good one. Oh, right. and one of my nice. all-time favorite songs. If you're in a long-term uh, relationship, still going, you can maybe understand this one. Let's stay in and make love closes the album, mm-hmm. and it is wow. a great song about. Uh, um, I don't want to dress up and go to tonight's affair. The same faces will be there. <laughs> um, baby, take off that dress. Let's stay in and make love, mm-hmm. and. That album from start to finish, it, it, it's a little bit of crooner. It's a little bit of, of old pop rock. 
Uh, it's slow. It, it's uh, I talk a lot about whiskey tinged. I wouldn't say this is whiskey tinged, but this is maybe martini and daiquiri tinged. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Um, Nick loves the convincer. And then this turned him into this kind of crooner, and he ended up spinning off into two or three more albums um, at my age. And another one, uh, I forget the name of it right now, but um, he, he's stayed in this style for the last 10 years. Wow. And just found a new wheelhouse, which is a great for an really? artist to do. Now, by and large, he wrote those songs, right? Those are his. All of them, but Poor oh, Side of Town. Okay, see, now to me, that's the difference between him and Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry really became, of Roxy Music, really became a crooner too. But, right. he, but he became almost a carry artist in that gotcha. like, on most of his solo albums half the stuff were covers right uh, he, he would have like a 10 and 10 songs in the album three originals and seven right. just you know old old yeah. classics that he redid and i don't want to hear that i want to hear his stuff yeah and so i will hear i'll start I, 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 only a full breaks his own heart is also a cover too i should point out too um well i'll tell you right now i know nick Loeb. i don't know that album and i will listen to that album Totally for, for sure. Nick Lowe, yep. the convincer. You got it. What you got, buddy? Okay, well, I'm going to start you one that you can definitely talk about. And this mm-hmm. is interesting. This this goes to show, as we've talked about before, Ken and I have very similar tastes in music and all that, but we tend to have like different things. Big differences. Maybe for, yeah, yeah. Big, big differences. Well, here's a but great example. But not bad, like, bad differences, like I don't understand or you don't understand. No, it's, but just we, but go we just happen directions. to like yeah. different directions. Well, here's a great example. The, mm-hmm. the, I love this album by Ben Folds 5. Yeah. It's called The Unauthorized Biography of Reinhold Messner. Yep. And it is, I tell you, Ben Folds seems like he's probably one of the coolest guys he you'll does. ever meet. He but, does. And, and he, he's got a great sense of humor and he's really funny. If you ever see, see the show The Sing-Off, which I, yeah. I absolutely love, he, he's really funny on that. But I'll tell you, nobody writes good melancholia like Ben, ben Folds. And yeah. that, that album happens to have four of, I wouldn't say four of the saddest songs ever, but he writes just beautiful, sad melodies. There are four particular tracks I can think of. Don't Change Your Plans. Mm-hmm. Um Magic, which is ac- actually that is a very sad song. Right. It's about it's about somebody dying. I think it might mm-hmm. might have been his, his aunt or something like that. Um, oh, oh um, mess is, is mm. and, and a one called regrets. I mean, they're just really haunting melodies. And and this is probably the, the album that that fans know the least. A lot of people they'll know Brick and they'll know what you know what well, I mean. Myself from the album. included. Yeah. Uh, whatever and ever. Amen was Amen was the album that just launched them, and Brick was on that, and Smoke and Evaporated, which is right. my all time favorite. You talk about writing sad melancholy, Evaporated, oh, sure. which almost made my list for the last show. Okay. Oh God, Evaporated just is a song that just kills me every time. Yeah. Um, uh, song for the dumped and all that stuff. That, oh, that oh, album, sure. yeah, yes. that that album yeah. is great. Right. This one was not necessarily. I don't know if it was the follow up. It might have been. It, it, it was. It was, was the, the follow up. It was the follow up. And, and I think really the real problem with this album is that it doesn't have any obvious singles. I mean, yes. well, let's, yeah, yeah. let's face it. Brick is a song about abortion. Yeah. It's not really an obvious single either. It well, was no. one. Well, I used to play it on the radio as a single. Sure. Six a.m. Mm-hmm. Day after, after Christmas. Absolutely. And it's a song about driving his girlfriend to, to an abortion. To, to an abortion. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah not positive of uplifting music for the whole family so, but a beautiful song beautiful and, it, song. and it became a huge heart-wrenching hit. song yeah. no matter what you believe uh, or, or hold dear to your heart uh, and this one is a follow up and I remember you mm. loved it from the, you, you've been a fan of this album from the day it came out still still am yeah. I, if I had one complaint about this album mm. it's that it's too short I, I think the album yeah, probably t- clocks in at around 38 minutes and, and by today's standards yeah, yeah. you know what I mean by t- and one of them is like one and a half minutes long and by today's standards you know because of, mm-hmm. because of the CD age you yeah. know albums can be a little bit longer this is one that I almost 
almost feel like it could have been a double album. Like I wish there had been seven or eight more songs. Is, is it on fair it. to con- call that a concept album? You know, and, and that's interesting you bring that up. Uh, no, I wouldn't call this a concept album. It, it, there's actually an interesting little liner note on the inside about, yeah. about, about Reinhold Mester. Ben Folds talks about it and he goes, When we chose the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Mester as the title for this album, we were unaware of the existence of a living, breathing, and famous Reinhold Messner. <laughs> Apparently it was it was a name that they used to put on fake IDs back, back when they were in their teens or whatever. And then they somehow found out that, that he was a he was a mountaineer and I guess they contacted him and he and he was like, Yeah, that's cool. Go ahead, go ahead awesome. and use it. Yeah, so it was basically just like a... It, so what's the highlight? If I did, Don't Change Your Plans and one track people need to listen to to get into it or what? Uh, don't Change Your Plans is a beautiful okay. song. Um, Mess is a great song. Okay, well, it's got a song called Army. That's that's actually I, that was was that the that was the first single I believe that was that was it probably was the first single and that's a really upbeat song I remember the well, video I thought yeah, about the yeah. army that's the song yeah, yeah it, it, etc and it, it's it's a great one for like the audience knows it and they'll do there's like a horn section in the middle and and he'll have the audience hmm. be the horn section like one awesome. one group goes ba da ba ba da ba and they just kind of go back and I forth really, yeah but it, it's a really raucous upbeat song so it, it's not it's not all melancholia but there's some really gorgeous songs on here and yes uh, that would be my choice for. Ben Folds is one of those guys one. that I think, born in another era, would be considered an absolute legend. Now he's mm. just a enigmatic genius talent right. and performer, but uh, in this day and age where a lot of things are um, lost in the pop culture mishmash because there's so much stuff to, out there. Right. Um, and my next choice is one of those people I absolutely believe, perform- if he had started releasing albums in 71 would be what you talk about as one of the greatest all-time rock and roll legends. Instead, right now, he's just, a again, a kind of enigmatic, moody mm. uh, songwriter married to Mandy Moore uh, named Ryan, Ryan Adams. Not uh, Brian. Ryan. Ryan Adams. Yeah, and definitely do not call him Brian Adams yeah, in at, In the middle of a concert. No. He's a little prickly at times. He's, yeah, he, can't he's, be. he's an artist, and, and he's a... He's a uh, book writer and, and poet writer and he's got an album that's all heavy metal he's got an album that's kind of punk and all this stuff um, and he's a talented crooner uh, singer-songwriter crooner but I, I almost didn't choose an album of his to put on and I thought about putting Gold which I'd say is the one yeah. that most people know with New York, New York which mm-hmm. uh, the video filmed the day before 9-11 on September 10th, 2001 wow. he filmed at World Trade Center uh, or across the way Got the, he's the last kind of the project to get it on camera um, that's mm-hmm. why he shot to fame before that he'd been part of Whiskey Town um, which I myself am just now discovering I didn't get into Whiskey huh. Town until lately, later okay. um, comes out with an album called uh, um, gosh what was it Heartbreaker which is a great album, but mm-hmm. it's hard to get into. And there's some great singles on there. Right. Um, Gold is all singles. And so yeah. he takes off, and he, he's the type of guy that puts out almost an album a year for a while. In this day and age, that's not what you do. Yeah, the Beatles yeah. did that. Nowadays, no, an no. album, and then six years later, you get your next album. Sure. Uh, and, and he comes up, he joins with his backing band at one point, 2005, six. The Cardinals, and be, they form Brian Adams and the Cardinals. So it's no longer, excuse me, no longer technically just Ryan Adams. So this is not just a Ryan. This is a, a Cardinals album. It's called Cardinology, and came out in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. And if I was to choose one album, again, we talk about album the whole being better than the the parts. Right. This is it. Though there's some great songs on there. And Born Into a Light, uh, Magic is this old, you, you know his uh, 2004 album Rock and Roll, or right. 2003, 2004 album no, Rock sure. and Roll. Sure. I almost put that on there. I love rock and roll. Right. Um, you actually, I think, actually, of all the, you don't really, you're not a huge Ryan Adams guy, but you like that album. Not, yeah, I have a bunch of his stuff. Yeah. I have a bunch of everybody's stuff, but yeah, I do. I love that album. It's a great one. 
the fans, it's one of those albums the fans aren't supposed to like because it was right. his, he just kind of wrote some quick rock songs. But that, that album is great it from is. start to finish. Yeah. But I almost put that one, but I went with this one because it's this, he digs deep. Magic is kind of, it's very much, uh, it's got a great line in there about uh, zombies, zombies running all around. We'll, we'll make them all by nightfall. Or all this. It, it's a fun song. Right. But there's a lot of, lot of rejection and breakup. And, but he, in writing this album, and I was reading an interview about it. He said, in every song on this album, I wanted to put a strain of hope because I wanted people to know that things can get better. So uh, all these stuff, Born Into Light, Go Easy, Cobwebs, uh, Did You Confuse My Love for the Cobwebs, Let Us Down Easy, all this stuff. There's always a tinge of hope in it, and that's what I love about that. And it ends with Stop. Adams has uh, battled addiction um, over the course of uh, his career, and Stop um, is a song both it's, it's about addiction but I think specifically maybe it's about alcohol but that doesn't really matter it's about addiction All right. and this song I was in a car with one of my friends who was struggling with addiction and I said have you heard this song I played it and my friend broke down sobbing in tears. Wow. But a comforting sob. Right. Um, because this song, Stop, it's all about it's all about that and it's deep. And I, I fortunately don't struggle with addiction too much and uh, <laughs> too, you know, much? unless you count Mexican food. But, well, um, you know, you know all stuff. jokes aside, it, right. it's a serious issue, serious problems we know lately with Philip Seymour Hoffman dying at the whole, I mean, uh, that's, that tragedy. Uh, stop is, uh, is an amazing song. So for, Based on all that and the fact that this is the one Ryan Adams album that I can put in and from track one to track 12 the end, I can listen to it without skipping a beat and then listen to it again and, and you, again and, and again. Right. And you know, I have a lot of Ryan Adams. I do not have that one and I will have to go go seek it out. It's it's a great one. I okay. recommend it entirely. Obviously, I recommend it. It's on my list. Well, all right. Well, yeah. you're, well you're two for two. I mean, I, two for two. I, 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 I can't imagine you, you describing an album and me going, yeah, that sounds like it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's not Maybe really, it's a long not list. Really my thing. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> well, I guess you, well, you talked about Ryan Adams, somebody who, I, I forgot how you described him exactly, somebody who started out one way and ended, ended mm-hmm. another way. I, I think I'm going to go out a little out of order here. Yeah, uh, I'm going gotcha. I'm I'm to talk about a guy who has been... He's been in the industry probably since the you know definitely since the '60s. He was in a band okay. called Naz way back in the '60s. Oh yeah, a gentleman named Todd Rundgren. Yeah, you know Todd Rundgren. I love one, Rundgren. Yeah, you I'm not familiar him? with his stuff on a track by track basis, but right. I love Naz too, and I love oh, Rundgren. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's been around since the '60s. Discovered drugs, got big, <laughs> did all that. Well, he he has some pretty famous songs like "Hello, It's Me." Like one of his most famous mm. albums is called "Something Anything," yeah, uh, yep, and yep. it's got "Hello, It's Me." Um, I probably had a couple other things mm-hmm. I'm forgetting, but he's he's been around forever. Did a great album called Acapella in the '80s that was recorded entirely using his voice and a lot of studio effects, like sampling yeah. over, like every single song. I mean, it sounded like doo, 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 you know, it but it, him? but it was all him, like the drums. Not the sound, guy from Police Academy joining in. No? Uh, okay. He he might have done a cameo. <laughs> Michael Winslow might have been. Yes, there. right. But uh, but uh, it's, so he's sort of an innovator, and he's also one of those guys who's been in the industry so long. He he hates the music industry. Yeah. Like that's well documented. He can't stand, and he, he probably has a really good reason to hate the music industry. Yes, yes. But but he's been around forever. Anyway, I picked an album called Second Wind, that was largely recorded live, even though it's not like a, a mm-hmm. with an audience and all that. No real big hits on this album, but it's but it's just one that it very introspective album. Mm. A lot of these songs could have could have made uh, the, the prior podcast. Uh, yeah, the very it starts out with a song called "Change Myself," and the chorus goes, "I want to change the world. I want to I want to make it well. How can I change the world when I can't change myself? Yeah, try again tomorrow." Um, and it, it but it's but it's got some upbeat songs as well. Um, well, it's got a song called uh, "Who's Sorry Now?" If I have to be alone, which is that's a longing, wow. longing, yeah. uh, powerful 
ballad. Now you got me intrigued. Oh yeah, no, you I said you, I don't you, know Runger and song by song. Now I think I want to. And this is definitely an album without without any skips on it. Uh, and it ends mm-hmm. with like the title track, second win, about an eight minute long song. Uh, very very much a um, very much an inspirational song. Yeah. Um, and and it, like it, with the chorus saying, "Blow like cyclone, my second win. Blow like typhoon, my second win. Blow like tempest, my second win." It's like you know think like things are things are getting better like mm-hmm, I, i'm mm-hmm. getting a second win now but it, it's very like a, like a like a celebration song it's very upbeat very very raucous um not like hard rocking yeah. but but just a big celebr almost like a celebration of life if you will and what year did that one come uh, out this, i want to say 91 oh I, wow I, wow, wow, wow. Okay. i am probably way off but it's mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah uh doesn't doesn't say it says 2008 <laughs> but that's when it was re-released it remastered or whatever but i I'm, I'm gonna guess early 90s Hard to say with Ron Green because again he's been around since the '60s, so right, could right. could have could have been '74 for all I know. No, it was definitely more recent than that. What's the biggest? What's that big Nas hit? Uh, oh gosh. Well, Nas did "Hello, It's Me," and then and then Ron Green re-recorded it. Um, yeah, I'm actually not too familiar with Nas, but uh, but he was also Ron Green was in a band called Utopia that had a yep. minor hit in the '80s called "Feet Don't Fail Me Now." Yeah, sort of a finger snap and head bopping song that he's was been uh, around a lot. Yeah, he's been around a while. So anyway, that's mm. that's album number two on the list. I like that. All right, next on my list, uh, we're gonna go we're gonna go simple here, man. We're gonna go for some pub rock. You uh, you, Mr. J, know that I'm a huge Oasis fan. Oh yeah. Absolutely, and that's you know what that that sometimes to some people gets a lot of eye rolls, and I used to hate that. I used to defend Oasis all through the time period. I was a DJ at the time that they were uh, perhaps arguably uh, the biggest, or if not one of the top three biggest bands in the world for a stretch. Maybe it was mm. six months, but it was a stretch. Right. Um, so I almost didn't put one of their albums on. Huh. Um, Be Here Now, I love Be Here Now, but it's a coke-fueled mess of eight-minute opuses. And and I've seen them in concert so many times, and I can assure you that in concert, they are a powerful band. And that Liam Gallagher standing still, singing in a microphone, some friends of mine used to always make fun of it like he was boring. That is the most energy coming from a, a, a object not in motion than you'll ever find hmm. oasis concerts are amazing and awesome and they're fun and they're they're pub rock man it, it is a pint a lager and a saturday night right uh, noel gallagher used to say uh oasis is music for saturday night and uh um uh, the blur is music for Sunday morning. And, and <laughs> yeah, they weren't too fond of each so other. So I had right. to choose one. Uh, that is, of course, the uh, maybe their best album. It's What's the Story, Morning Glory, only because of start to finish again thing. I, I right. Wonderwall, of course, the the hit that's uh, timeless, if you want to say that. But don't look back in anger. And some might say uh, probably better songs. Cast No Shadow, which was dedicated to Richard Ashcroft of The Verb. Right. That's good. And Champagne Supernova, for all of its gobbledygook gook lyrics, is is an amazing set minute journey of a song morning glory is a powerful uh, punch to the balls uh she's electric is a throwaway ringo star style, style <laughs> song but i like it because it's of that of course um so I, I won't go too much into it you probably all know it but i had to choose one one uh album and i went, went with morning glory yeah um the first one uh, definitely maybe uh some would argue was even was better it was their punch coming out of the gate but. this is going to shock you but that's the oasis album i would have picked too yeah. i i love that album start to finish don't look back in anger is a, is a great mm-hmm. you know hope that nobody else is, lo- is looking at you while you're driving but belt it at the top of your lungs mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so afraid I'm going to be singing it I'm going to look to my left and someone's going to be looking at me filming me with, with, with their phone up and I realize I'm going to be a YouTube legend in a couple of <laughs> moments but uh, yeah that album is great and, and I will disagree with you though mm-hmm. on Be Here Now because yeah. I, I didn't like it maybe I'll have to listen to it again 
You would be right but, for not liking it, though. You, you know, I just maybe it was because there were eight minutes sprawling at, uh, epics, and maybe I just I need to give yeah. it a few more chances. That, that album came out in August of '97, and they were coming off of Morning Glory, coming off of at the time being the biggest band in the world. Right. Whether people want to believe it or not, they they when you're doing 130,000 at, at uh, you know concerts out there in, in, in the old Mary Old England, you're worth something. Um, yeah. But they came out with that album very uh, braggadocious, of course, as the oh, Brothers sure. Gallagher would do, and the album. Uh, do you know what I mean? It was the first single, and it was like, okay, there's some loops in it, and it's cool. It, 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 there's some great songs on it as an Oasis fan I love that are fun to sing along to at concerts. Right. But looking back now, that album, even Noel will say himself, oh, God, I can smell the cocaine coming off the, the, the tracks there. So <laughs> I, I couldn't, I'm not going to disagree with you. And, and it, But it's funny how much you loved them live because I remember being in a record mm-hmm. store and, and when their double live CD came out, yep. I took it up to the counter. Familiar and, to millions. Yeah, familiar to millions. I took it up to the counter and... Record store employees are in the business of selling records. Yeah. I took it to the counter and the guy says to me, have you actually listened to this thing? And I said, no. He goes, it's terrible. Uh, He goes, go go listen in the CD player. And it's just awful. It's uninspired. The sound quality is terrible. Mm -hmm. They sound like they're just going through the motions. And I I guess I did. I guess I went to the player and listened to it and was like, yeah, this isn't that great, is it? Yeah, it's not that good. I I didn't buy it. That was the biggest problem with the band. And some of their later albums, which have some of my favorite Oasis songs on it, Mm -hmm. by the way, um, have that kind of uninspired. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. But they're still, I'm telling you, folks, go, if you still, well, you can't catch them now. Go catch Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and and BDI. Um, um, I, I was just going to say, I, I love BDI and I love Noel Gallagher's Half Flying Birds. That and, first album's great. Oh, it is. And, and everybody is saying, you know, and I guess they're always asked, are Oasis ever going to get back together? And they keep saying, no, no, no. Yeah. And, and I'm in the camp that says, I don't want them to get back together. If those two can keep doing great music by themselves. Give me a couple more albums, then get back together for the money. But <laughs> and Absolutely. Like when the Spice Girls broke up, my biggest fear was we were going to get five solo albums at once. <laughs> I'd rather have Because I wouldn't know what to choose. Exactly. Am I going to buy Mel C or Mel B? Which one am I going to get? <laughs> Having said that, there are some Spice Girls solo stuff that I really do like but yeah, that's, that's a separate podcast that's, uh, that's love, a whole love of the Spice Girls we'll have that one just oh, in the Spice Girls alright I'm gonna have to do a two banger here go you for don't it mind. Okay. back to back man well yeah two albums that, that I that I, I put in the same category for several reasons mm-hmm. first because they were uh, band's debut albums they yeah. both came out in the mid to late 80s about 1985 86 your wheelhouse baby right right in my wheelhouse and uh, I mentioned one of these bands before I'll start out with Redbox yeah yeah the album The Circle and the Square I'm holding my signed copy Ooh, by Mr. Simon Olson Clark right there. It's great to uh, meet you, he writes. It, oh, wow. It, it was. And it was great to meet him. It yeah. was, again, someday when we have more time, I will tell the story of how I met the band. Yeah, yeah. It, but I would need probably a good five minutes to tell the whole thing. Anyway, um, the circle in the square, it pisses me off. As as a music as as a music fan, I am somebody who also wishes that he was a musician. Yeah, as I think a lot of absolutely right. Who doesn't want to be a rock star? Right. I I only needed two things to be a rock star: is that musical talent and songwriting ability. Yeah. If I had had those two things, I would totally same here. Same right. Here. Okay. But the circle in the square, it's it, it's really hard to describe this album. It's very world music oriented. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually Graceland before Graceland came out. Okay. I mean, everybody would probably think, oh, you ripped off Graceland. These guys came first. It, but, it's, but it's strange. It has a lot of jungle tribal rhythms hmm. to it and a lot of songs, but very accessible pop music. Very, very like, uh, like a, a couple of really radio-friendly songs, uh, particularly the single, which is called Lean On Me, 
right. uh, unrelated to the Bill Withers song or, yeah, they, yeah. or you know, the Timex Social Club, whatever they were in the 90s. But uh, Lean On Me, that was the very first song I ever heard from from them. One of, To this day, one of the catchiest choruses, best sing-along choruses I have ever heard in a song. Uh, there's a video somewhere on YouTube. Um, the, the album is, is available on iTunes. Um, but it's just like I told Simon. Again, dis- mm-hmm. full disclaimer, this album came out in 1985. I met I met Simon. Sorry. That's right. I, I met the band in 2008. Right. So I was a fan first and a friend second. And that's why, why I met him in the first place. But like I told Simon himself, as I'm name dropping, hey. you know, this is a band's eighth album. This is not their debut. Gotcha. Like it, 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 that's why I say it pisses me off that these guys made this album in their early to mid twenties. Right. And it is so musically advanced and so creative and, and so like lyrically musically, it's, it, I just go like, how did you do this? I mean, this is just like, imagine if, you know, again, not to be sacrilegious and compare Redbox to the Beatles, even Simon (laughs) himself would hate this, but imagine if, if, so if um, Sgt. Pepper was the Beatles' first album. Right, right. right? Gotcha. That makes as, sense. As, as, as great as it is, you'd be like... Or even Revolver. Yeah. Or absolutely. even Revolver. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Okay, so, so you see where I'm going with this. Anyway, yeah. Red Box, The Circle in the Square. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant album. And the other one, uh, Meet Danny Wilson. is the, the band name was called Danny Wilson. Much like Clem Snide, they're a them and not a he. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, and, well, and <laughs> I didn't that, know that. I, I read something once that that was they really regretted that because I guess yeah. like they told it told an example of a little kid coming up for an autograph for the three of them, and, and they all sign it. Uh, uh, Gary Clark, yeah. uh, Kit Grimes, and Jed Grimes, and the kid walks away going, "Danny himself weren't around." You know, he, he wanted Danny Wilson's autograph. <laughs> no, there, it, I'd, I'd and say he, and he couldn't get the it. general public might be most familiar with them from Mary's Prayer. From there's something about Mary's soundtrack. It, yeah. it, exactly. Yeah. Where and they play it for about five and a half seconds in the movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, you do get a snippet of that. Mary's Prayer was interesting because it wound up having to get released as a single like five times before it actually caught fire. Hmm. But especially in England, like they released it, yeah. did nothing. And I don't know why I got released so many times. But yeah, Mary's Prayer again, pop paradise. Like four minutes of just fantastic. Just, just, just one of the best pop music songs I have ever heard. But this album, again, it, it's their first album. They probably were in their early twenties when they did it, and it, it, it's all accessible. It's all straight, you know, pop mm-hmm. rock music. But they, it, it's almost like they just picked up whatever instrument was in the room and used it. There's a, it, hmm. a, a lot of it sounds kind of old style, like all might have some clarinet. One song features a tuba for crying out loud. Ruby's <laughs> Golden Wedding. It's almost like a wedding march, but there's like a tuba solo. A, a right. Tuba, right? But it, they, it, it, it's very, like I said, kind of, kind of diverse accessible but but, yeah. but diverse not challenging huh. but but also like they had to use 40 different instruments to make this album but awesome. but, in, but incredibly catchy so that's why I had to mention those two perfect together yeah. absolutely all uh, right next on my list we'll, we'll it's been talked about so much through history and you just mentioned it so I'm so I'm bringing it up now that is uh Paul Simon's Graceland oh um, <laughs> there's absolutely no way I couldn't include this Right. Uh, I'm a huge Paul Simon fan, and this this album gets all the press. And there's some great documentaries about the the making of the album. And maybe if Redbox had a documentary about their album, then they would have get the credit for, oh, <laughs> for getting man. there first. Um, I'll call Simon, get him on that, get him on it. Okay. Um, look, there's nothing more that can be said about this that hasn't already been said. You can call me Al, the Chevy Chase video, and all this stuff. It is one of those classic timeless records. Uh, but for me, it is also the place in my heart because my dad uh, loved this album mm. and he used to play it. And as a kid, me being about 10 at the time, I used to make fun of it. Because there's a lot of those weird sounds, you know, and the black lady blacksmith Mombazo was playing it. And I'm like, oh, sure. you know, like Dad, this song's stupid. Uh. Mm-hmm. My dad, does credit, just kept playing it. And then one day, <laughs> one day, I just got it. 
Yep. I just got it. And this is one of those ones I put it in and from track one to track 11, talk about it now being too short. Um, track one to track 11, um, listen to it. Then I'll listen again, then again and again. It will mm-hmm. stay in my CD player uh, for weeks on end. Yeah. Um, everyone knows you can call me Al. You can call me Al, you know, which is, is but, you know, as I've gotten older, things have changed. And Graceland um, becomes one of my favorite songs because it's about a man mm-hmm. after a divorce. Uh, not that I've been divorced, but you go through that. And then um, um, All Around the World, the Myth of, or The Myth of Fingerprints is a track, uh, right. which includes a reference to a Over the Mountain, Down in the Valley, was a former talk show host, which now that I'm in the <laughs> entertainment business, is like, oh, uh, uh, he's talking about Burbank. Um, You're right. There's some melancholy to that one, too. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, this album has changed. I've changed. as uh, the, My love of it has changed as I've gotten older. All right. So, anyways, Paul Simon's Graceland. Paul, I Paul. think you've all heard of that one before. Yeah, that one that one probably has been flogged to death. But uh, yeah. yeah, maybe not quite as accessible as as the uh, Redbox album, just because it, it is a little more challenging, right? I mean, it. it, it well, you said it took it you was, several listens to click, and I, I know you were you, ten. But. Yeah, it was because it, yeah, it, it wasn't especially at the time. Ryman Simon, you know, this was a big change. But that's why I love the documentaries that go into the recording of it. They break it down to track by track, literally like. This is the bass and and the intricacy of the bass and all that stuff and how they put it all together to come up with those songs mm-hmm. is, is is impressive enough. Okay, well there me. there you go. All right, well I, I'm I'm going to uh, now list one that I guarantee anybody listening has not heard of this and that's and that's part of why it's on the list. Uh, this is a group and an album called Bounce the Ocean. It, oh, yeah, you just you mentioned I, that. I did I'm curious. I, I did mention this, and this is one of those Bounce ones. The ocean. This is one of those ones that I, I will admit it. I was in my used CD store, mm-hmm. and I was flicking through the racks and through, through the through the ninety nine cent rack. Right. And I come up on this. Bounce the ocean. Okay, I'll I'll give this a shot. I pop the CD in the player. Listen for five seconds. Said I'm buying this, and 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 I'll I'll, I'll tell you this right now. It is it is pure polished pop music. Nothing that's going to save the world. It is not gotcha. art. It is pop, and and you know as you mentioned in Tiny Mixtapes of the Soul, yes, four ninety nine Amazon. Uh, yes. Pop music is pop is not a dirty word. No, it's I not. Mean, a dirty I word. mean, pop is popular. Just because something's yeah. pop, you know popular doesn't mean it's good. Not that this mm-hmm. stuff became, really became popular. I only heard one song on the radio. I did hear um, the first track, "Throw It All Away." Beautiful song. They're a duo based in Seattle. Beautiful harmonies. Very, very. Mm. Every single song has got great harmonies on, on the um, almost like Beach Boy esque in a way yeah, okay. kind of harmonies and this album by the way taught me the power of the internet I gotta tell a quick story about this one mm-hmm. I first got online back in 1997 and I remember there was some website in the late 90s that it was it was like a big album database like give a review of an album uh-huh. here and I remember that album was on the database but nobody had reviewed it so I'm like I'm gonna review this and I and I mentioned everything that I've said here yeah. not gonna save the world but it's a great album fantastic album posted this name and email address forgot about it yeah. About four years later, out of the blue, I get an email. There were a duo, Bounce the Ocean World. Yeah. I get an email from one of the guys in the group saying, hey, I wanted to thank you for the really nice things you said about our album. And I, I'm like, what? And I write him back saying, oh my gosh, it's great to hear from you. Thanks. You know, thank you so much for that. And by the way, if you're not who you say you are, congratulations, you got me. And he wrote me back saying, no, 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 it's really me. Here's here's a link to my new website, what I'm doing now, that kind of thing. He was like in IT by this point. Right, he got right. out of the music industry. But it's great for about three or four weeks. We had a correspondence going on because he was his name was John Utter. He had yeah. a really friendly guy. He's like, yeah, ask me anything. And one of the things I asked him is, what happened to you guys? Because this yeah. is such great music. Why didn't it get big? And he tells me, well, our album. Keep in mind, they're a Seattle-based group. Yeah. Our album came out on September tenth, nineteen ninety-one. 
Nevermind by Nirvana came out on September 24th, 1991. <laughs> These two albums could not be more diametrically opposed. Mm -hmm. And he said that they would go to record signings and the teenage girls would come up and ask them why they don't wear flannel. Wow. Like, seriously, like, you know, Nevermind came, came along and all of a sudden everything was grunge, 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 especially in Seattle. Yeah. I mean, they were a Seattle-based band, so they were Yeah, they, you, you they wouldn't were, be associated. Yeah, yeah, I they, get you. I get they, that. They were screwed. And by the way, I look for this album on iTunes. It's not there. I look for it on Amazon. And it's it's one of those things where you can find you can buy a used copy for I think ninety seven cents. I'm off the website now, hmm. but it's like I, I would recommend to everybody spend the ninety seven cents plus two ninety nine shipping. Totally it's, not familiar with it. It, it really and and that and that is the um, album that's got that song. Uh, you and I were talking about this offline uh, called "It Just Gets Better." Uh, I, gotcha, I talked yeah. about our last podcast about albums where uh, with lyrics that just kind of take you somewhere. I've never heard mm -hmm. it put this way. It's a love song. It, it's about a guy who. He knows his relationship's kind of going downhill and he wants to break up with a girl, but every time he tries to, it just gets better. Like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. the it, it, and, he, and he, in the chorus, he goes, it just gets better. It's hard to tell her. There's no way. It just gets better. It, it's hard to tell her not today. It's so easy just to tell her another day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, God. <laughs> I'm going to check this one out after the show because uh, I'm curious uh, to see that such an interesting time period. Yeah. Literally weeks before the music industry changed. Yeah, it was. Literally two, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks wow. later and everything was all grunge all the time. Bounce the ocean. Bounce okay. the ocean. Check them out. Wow. Well, we're, let's, stick, let's stick with rock pop then. Uh, Do it. I, I talked about this band Ad Nauseam in the last podcast and I talked about them Ad Nauseam all my life and that's Semisonic. Uh, Great Divide, okay. 1996 album. Now, you're not that familiar with this one, Jay, as you are all about chemistry? or Yeah, not as. I mean, I, I, okay. I have it. I've listened to it a bunch, but all about chemistry is my favorite. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, this one. So the band Semisonic came out of a group called Trip Shakespeare with uh, Dan, oh. uh, Dan Wilson and uh, uh, one of the guys, Jake Slichter or John Munson was there with him. Uh, I can't remember which one. And then I think Matt Wilson, Dan's brother, they uh, left that band kind of fell apart so Dan Wilson formed a group called, called Pleasure hmm. and apparently there's another group called Pleasure and Pleasure sued to make sure that they didn't get called Pleasure so they uh, came up with Semisonic and oh, released okay. an EP called Pleasure they didn't make themselves Pleasure UK or no, something no, like no. that oh, okay right. released an EP called Pleasure and a lot of the songs on that EP are on this album hmm. uh, with some other ones but then this one comes out in 96 and right before it's to come out um, they're dropped by the record label Ooh. MCA picks them up uh, tries hard. It just and again, ninety six. You're still kind of in the um, grunge phase. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Kind of the maybe the prime era of the grunge phase. Okay, but alternative grunge and Stone the Pilots and Pearl Jam and all that stuff was still still. Trust me, I was there on the radio. Oh, that was yeah. still dominating. This band comes up, and I'm reading in the uh, we used to a trade magazine, and a, you know, here, here try these singles. Basically, dear program directors, here's what's coming out. Right. And the first song <laughs> that they were playing was "If I Run," and the program uh, the note to the program directors was like, "If you like Abbey Road, then this album's for you." Well, as you'll well, find out later, I not, love Abbey yeah, Road. Not, not to oversell it, but yeah. uh, it's, it's just as good as Abbey Road. Right, which <laughs> which again, not the band's fault and definitely not Abbey Road. But um, this, it, God, it just, and If I Run definitely had some of the Abbey Road melody um, montage side, side B of that record. Mm -hmm. Had some of that. Um, Down in Flames is... Um, Probably my uh, favorite Semisonic song, maybe, or maybe, well, I Wish is probably my favorite, but Down in Flames is right up there. Uh, a great song about I Never Get to Go Down, Down in Flames. Um, but again, um, 
FNT, which is Fascinating New Thing, to the very end, I'll Fill For You. In Another <laughs> Life, which is a great song about, uh, yep, too late, uh, uh, we're not, we're not going to be together, but In Another Life, maybe. Falling, Brand New Baby, The Prize, Temptation, a great song about infidelity, uh, uh, a <laughs> fun little pop song about infidelity. Uh, but start to finish, this is another one of those albums. That's my theme here. Right. Uh, it is, uh, I, I almost can't listen to one of the tracks without listening to the other 11. Well, that is what makes a great yeah, album right and, there. And it also kind of tells a bit of a story, the start of a relationship to the end of a relationship. Whether it, they meant that or not, I got to imagine right. they did in the running order. I've read the book, Jake Slipper's, uh, Slicker's book, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. They don't mention that, mm. that it was intentional, but from right. Fascinating New Thing, which is track one, to the last one was All Feel For You, which is kind of about still being in love with someone, that, that kind of... How right. the record goes. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to admit when you brought that album out, I thought it was the one with closing time on it. And it made me realize, no, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm again. That's the it, next one. It is the next one. That's uh, Feeling strangely, fe- feeling strangely Fine, what, I think. Is, is that the next one? That's what, yeah, what you said. Yeah, and I, I know I do have that album. And you know, again, I have my music collection is bigger than I care to admit. But I, yeah. I, I'm sure I own this album, but I probably really need to pop it back in the player. And I will now. Pop it. I'll pop I, I in will. Bounce the Ocean, you pop in Semisonic's Great Divide. Done. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee, I'm probably more likely to like that one than you are Bounce the yeah. Ocean, but it, again, with Bounce yeah, the Ocean, maybe, it yeah. will not save the world, but it's just great pop music. I like it. I it, like it. It's good stuff. I'll jump ahead to my next one, since I just mentioned it, then we'll go uh, to you for a double play there, too. Uh, if, uh, As you know, I'm a, I can't live without the Beatles. Mm. Um, but again, like I didn't include them in my songs it's hard for me to say that one Beatles album is above the other um, even I even like Magical Mystery Tour I even like the Yellow Submarine soundtrack well yeah Hey Bulldog all together now sure. it's all too much one of my favorite Harrison <laughs> songs and it's a throwaway um, but I, I'm going to have to choose one so I choose the Beatles Abbey Road if you came to me and said you can only get one Beatles album to listen to the rest of your life I'd go with Abbey Road and that just missed the cut for me by did the it? way too yep, yep it did. Uh, that's good so we can talk about it briefly here oh, yeah. I mean with Come Together and some Something, which is perhaps Harrison's finest uh, moment, uh, definitely his finest moment as a Beatle, I would say, though on, yeah. on there as well as Here Comes the Sun, which may be his uh, finest moment as a Beatle. Even wow. the fun Octopus's Garden, as ridiculous as that is. Oh, Darling, which is one of my favorite songs. Maxwell Silver Hammer is the, is the Beatles at their absurd best. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, which is a bit trippy, Elliot Smith's a cappella version of that song kind of drove home how great Because was and how different it was. Right. Uh, one of my best, uh, one of my favorite Beatle melodies that, that McCartney ever wrote is Hidden in You Never Give Me Your Money which is a song about the breakup of the Beatles. Oh, right. I just love that song. I wish that mm-hmm. song would go on more and more. It's almost on a level of Hey Jude with me in terms of just the music that sure. McCartney wrote. Mm. Then the side B, of course, is the the, uh, the the montages. Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, She Came to the Bathroom Window, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight. All of those songs. That's some of the my favorite Beatles music. And, and you know, that actually got me down the road of being a Beatles fan. As I, I yeah. might have mentioned, I think I mentioned to you before, I was not a big Beatles fan growing right, up. Right, As a matter right. of fact, I would have debates with my roommates in college where they would say, how can you not like the Beatles? They're the greatest band of all time. I, said, I would say, I would agree that they're the most influential band of all time right, but right, right. to me that doesn't make him the greatest band of all time I mean the Model T was probably the most influential car, <laughs> car ever made but I wouldn't right. call it the greatest car but um, but one of the local radio stations KLOS used to play um, they would play um, 
Golden Slumber slash, and then mm-hmm. go right into Carry, Carry That, that Weight, and then right in, and the end. They would play those three back to back. Oh, oh, yeah. And you probably know more about that than I do. I know, like John Lennon was never a huge fan of that. No, no, he didn't. Right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, called yeah. it those silly little pop operas. Yeah, like he was not a big fan. Yeah, but of, Lennon was a you know he was a curmudgeon at times too. So his opinion doesn't matter. Kidding. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, no, I can get it. And that's what's it's so weird. Side two is just a bunch of little clips. Yeah, strung together, but right. it was fun. It's a fun journey, and and hidden in that, Golden Slumbers is a great. It's uh, McCartney singing about his father and the song that his father used to sing to him. Uh, Carry that weight may or may not be about John Lennon's guilt with uh, Stuart Sutcliffe's death, and uh, and how some of his, uh, when they, he and Stuart were jumped by um, some military guys and in a fight and then like sixty or something like that. Some of the kicks to Sutcliffe's head may have accidentally come from John. So the legend goes wow. and carry that weight is supposedly legend goes john singing about you're going to carry that weight boy you're going to carry that weight wow. um when some it, of those kicks might, might have might intentionally of, no, no 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 oh, no in, the, in oh. the fury in the flurry of the fight oh. lennon may have kicked sutcliffe in the head a couple right. times sutcliffe uh. dies but in later in 60 because of brain hemorrhaging right uh, they say related to those uh, that fight Ooh. And Lennon never again. This is Beatle legend, not a sort of Beatle fact. Yeah, right. um, sort of like McCartney being dead, right? Which Billy Shears. Oh, by the way, there's clues of that. This shadow on the back of the album is, is allegedly the shadow of McCartney's ghost. Oh, and flip it over. You've, you've got you've got a McCartney um, yes. uh, with his eyes closed, holding a cigarette, and he's the only one barefoot, which barefoot. is how you know yes. dead people are yes, buried, right? So. And then of course this album ends with one of the all-time best Beatle songs. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, and she changes from day to day. I want to tell her I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl. They ain't gonna make her mine. Oh yes, they ain't gonna make her mine. Wasn't that tacked on? That was tacked on by McCartney, right? Because I think so. Because wasn't there kind of thing like Lennon wanted to end it with with um, with the end where the end where it was kind of rocking out, and just he wanted to end it on a rocking note, and and that was like McCartney saying, "Well, f you, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on her Majesty another little silly little pop ditty that you don't." One of my Dennis Miller had one of his comedy specials in the nineties. Um, hour-long comedy special, stand-up, whatever. And all of a sudden, at the end of the video, it's just him singing that song. No kidding. It was Miller's Ode to the Beatles. Oh, I loved my God. It. All right. Anyways, Abby, well, we can talk about an hour about the Beatles. I've, I don't want to do that. We, we can. Uh, I mean, I want to, but not now. Well, staying on a classic rock bent. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, I consider this classic rock. We got Elton John, old Elton John. I love uh, it. And I mentioned this album because I mentioned how hard it was to find. Was yeah. Go- was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And this is love a, it. I, first of all, I'm a sucker for a double album. I like, it, it, give me a give me a good long album. Done right, I'm with you. Right. You know, um, I, I tell you, this album is, is just fantastic. It had five, I would say five really big songs. Candle in the Wind. Mm-hmm, one of mm-hmm, one of Elton mm-hmm. John's biggest, one of the biggest singles, thanks to the death of the, thank, the, thanks to Princess Di dying and yeah. him re-recording it. It's like one of the biggest selling singles ever. Uh, Benny and the Jets, mm-hmm. uh, the title track, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Which let me tell you something, I I nail that thing with karaoke. <laughs> Sit, put me in karaoke. I'm one night a karaoke night. I had the lighters. Everybody in the room with with the lighters back when you know cigarettes were cool. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yeah, even, yeah. Even the yeah. even the last track, Harmony, which is mm-hmm. which is. Um, uh, it was. I don't think it was a big single, but it certainly got a lot of radio play. Right. Uh, and and uh, this, I, w- I would consider this a concept album. It's it's not. I like, would say, yeah. Right. Would. It's not like Pink Floyd, The Wall, but I mean, the album could have been called "Here's to the Losers." Yeah. Because really, I think the whole idea behind "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road" is like. It's all about, you know, songs for the most part about people who, you know, were trying to go one way in life and really wind up going somewhere else, or at least yeah. a lot of the songs are about that. 
and you know, getting getting back by the way to album theory too, just yeah. just on the album in general. Um, I, I have a good friend Daryl that I hope listens to this podcast. And a long time ago, he had asked me, you know, "What's your favorite Elton John album?" And and mm. I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but I said, "Well, it's got to be Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." And he goes, "No, nah, my favorite is Elton John's Greatest Hits." <laughs> And I said, that, that's not an album. He goes, yeah, that's it is. That's a foul. He, it's yeah, a party foul. Right? And he goes, well, no, because I haven't. There's an album called Elton John's Greatest Hits, and that that's my favorite. I'm like, but that's a compilation. <laughs> we argued for this for like a half an hour. And I was trying to convince him that's yeah. not an album. Yeah. You see, but there is an album called Elton John's Greatest And finally, I think several years later, he finally acquiesced and said, you know, you're right. You're right. That's not an album. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some artists, legendary artists that... The thing I like to listen to the most is the greatest hits, Neil Young one. Just get, right. get me through the chuff and get me to the hits with Neil Young. Yeah. Um, so I can understand that, but it's definitely right. not official on album. And, and by the way, have I got time to tell a quick story on this? On, on, uh, on, a little uh, bit here. Ish. We're running an hour now. so Are we really? You yeah. know what? Screw it. I'll tell another time. <laughs> what I love about that one, too, if I, I'll talk a little bit about Yellow Brick Road. It is, uh, it is one of those albums where a artist is cemented as a legend. Yes. Yeah. And yep. I was in a round, if, I don't forget the exact year it came out, maybe it was alive, but I was probably Goo Goo Gaga Baby. But um, I, I wish sometimes I could go back and experience what it was, like I'll talking about the Beatles, when my dad would oh yeah, I remember when I took Let It Be Home for the first time. Right. I can't imagine that feeling. Uh, but you you know, you know wouldn't necessarily know without John at the time, he'd been around for a while, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but that to me is the one that... He's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. I was five when this album came out, so it really didn't hit me at the time as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was watching Barney if Barney existed in 1973, but it really... I, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yeah, and, and yeah. I was, you know, I was two years old when the Beatles broke up. Same story. What else you got? What else have I got? Okay, well, this one I don't even have to talk about very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparks, angst in my pants. Yes, I said it. Angst in my pants. Just a quick, quick, quick background <laughs> yeah. on Sparks. They're they're one of those strange bands that like there are a couple brothers, Ron and Russell Mail, um, mm-hmm. from from L.A. But they're one of the strange bands that's actually a lot bigger in England than they are in the states. Right. Like their last few albums haven't even been released in this country. Uh, but they've gone through a lot of different styles. Started out as almost a punk band. This this album talk about something that's not going to save the world. This is a new wave album. This is yeah. 1982. Um, had some fairly famous songs that I predict. Okay. Um, eaten by the monster of love, which was featured on the Valley Girl soundtrack. Don't let it get me. Yeah, it was just great song. I mean, it, it, again, it's it's each one of the songs is a lot of fun. Right. Um, Sextown USA. Uh, uh, okay, talk about lyrically a song you never heard before. Have you ever heard a, a, a ballad, a love ballad to a cigarette? He, they wrote one no. called Nicotina. Nicotina. I mean, I've heard Oasis is uh, yeah. cigarettes and alcohol, uh, uh, you, and I, you know, no, okay. the, no, this was a ballad of a of a of a cigarette that wanted to be something more. That's awesome. And she wanted to dance and play. Except one day, a, a fat, sweaty guy bought a pack of smokes at the, you know, and and poor Nicotina was reduced to a tiny cloud. Poor Nicotina. Yeah, it got some called horrible. Mickey, it is. It got some called Mickey Mouse, which I'm a little surprised that they were allowed to use. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, it is basically a big, you know. Disneyland kind of song. Sparks. It it is. It's, it's, I love these curveballs you throw. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah. No. Th- this is just. That's this great. is just a fun album. And I tell you. And Sparks is a very interesting band too because they have been around for a long time. Mm. A couple of years ago, uh, at the time, they had 21 studio albums, and they did a three. Wow. And get this. I, I, this is amazing to me. They did a three week set in London where each night they would play one of their albums start oh, to finish. Wow. I mean, so them and the backing band would have to know their entire That's repertoire, awesome. right? Yeah, somebody even wrote a book. I haven't read it yet, but someone wrote a book about how he, he went to go see all these shows and you know, reviewed them and all that. But they're, uh, yeah, still around, gone through a lot of different changes. But anyway, we'll- Sparks, we'll say angst in my pants. Angst in my pants, yes. I like it. Oh, it, it's just, just a classic new wave, fun. It's just fun, damn it. 
Awesome. Let me jump to do two because I think this one's going to transition a little bit into the next one you got there. Oh, right. Um, uh, sorry, folks. We're formatting on the fly here. All right. Yeah. We mentioned this one last time. Uh, eels, blinking lights, and other revelations. Now, again, I, I gave you, and the first time I brought you on the Knapsack Files, I gave you credit for this uh, album being in my life. Um, uh, I was in radio when uh, their first album came out with the big Nova came for the soul single and then Electroshock Blues came out which was uh, E the man E coming off of uh, losing his father and mother and cancer and his sister's suicide and all these horrible things and it was a dark mm. album mm. Um, so I didn't pick up the uh, the Eels bandwagon I wasn't on it yeah um, you called me one day back in the telephone days uh, and I was like look I don't know if you like the Eels uh, but they just put out this double album again you and double albums I love double albums Go Blinking Lights and Other yeah. Revelations and I guarantee you will love it I went out and bought it on site um, and the best way I can describe this album is listening to it if you can get through all sides I mean this is 17 tracks on one side 16 on, on, on disc 2 a lot of them are instrumentals that are short right? but that's part of it Mm-hmm. If you can listen to all of that and get through it in a day or a day and a half, it is like, I describe it as, it is like listening to a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, and that's a fantastic description. It is. It it's really so is. Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaum soundtracky feel to it. Um, and this was him coming through a lot of that pain and trying to deal with it. Um, so a lot of the stuff, there's some uplifting stuff here. Uh, hey Man um, and Losing Streak. Hey Man's got that great life. You ever made love to a beautiful woman make you feel like it's such, not such a bad world? Mm. Um, hey Man, now you're really living. Um, I'm going to stop pretending that I didn't break your heart. Uh, to Lick oh, Your yeah. Boots is a good song. It's a music industry, music reviewer thing. Sweet Little Things, a little love song. Whatever Happened to Soy Bomb, which is oh. a funny reference to that, <laughs> to the guy on the Grammy stage, I believe it was Grammys, right? Um, Ugly Love. I, I, did, I didn't put this on my top songs one, but Ugly Love. It, it, Dear Cousin, I Got Your Letter. She sounds more than I deserve. Uh, it is a guy going, thanks for trying to set me up and find love for me. I'm not deserving of it. Um, I'm a horrible person, but I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah. I decided one day long ago I was never going to be the greatest catch. Uh, right. Is one of my favorite songs. And it's not a joke song, folks. It is no. uh, my kind of love's an ugly love, but it's real and lasts a long, long time. Um, Theme for a pretty girl that makes you believe God exists. That's a great title for yeah, it. It, it. It's, it's it instrumental. Yep. Um, Understanding Salesman is another great song. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff on here. So yeah. uh, we've talked about it before. So I, I won't. Trouble with Dreams. Oh, God, I'm looking at this track. Trouble with Dreams is a great one, too. But when you, tra- leave, when you leave here, I'm going to go put this album uh, on. This might be on my ride home. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the last track is The thing, Things the Grandchildren Should Know, which we talked about in the previous uh-huh. podcast. One of, I will say, one of the greatest songs ever recorded in the history of history. Right. All right. So there's that one. Eels. Check yeah. that one out. And it then is. I'm going to jump ahead here and time to do it. Go, let's go back a little classic right um it's uh, I, as much as i say i don't want to put classic albums on here this one's definitely a classic album it's george harrison's all things must pass released in 71 a three record not a double album mm. a triple album though the third side was uh, mostly weird instrumentals and songs <laughs> like it's johnny's birthday it's johnny's birthday <laughs> is there a lot of sitar in there I, guess, yeah. I remember jeep uh thanks for the pepperoni <laughs> that's 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 uh that's the third album you're joking is there really no. one yeah thanks for the pepperoni <laughs> it, the, it's Johnny's birthday plug me in I remember Jeep thanks for pepperoni out of the blue uh, and I'm holding in me I'm holding here this is the 30th anniversary re-release in 2001 which has some different versions of songs but but 
Harrison, I, I could talk for a long time, but he comes out of the Beatles, basically allowed two songs, uh, an album. <laughs> right, yeah, with Throw Him a Bone. You know, Throw Him a Bone, Abbey yeah. Road, he puts uh, something, and, and Here Comes His Son, yeah. perhaps the two best songs on that album. Uh-huh. Um, and he comes out and is like, you know what, guys? <laughs> I got this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to my mansion with this awesome recording studio, and I'm going to put uh, I'd Have You Anytime, My Sweet Lord, Wawa, which is, if you've never seen the concert for Bangladesh, that... Wawa becomes one of my favorite songs after watching that documentary. Before wow. then, it was like a fun song. Uh, seeing Jim Keltner and Ringo Starr pounding the drums at the same time during Wawa, uh, isn't uh, it a pity? What is Life, which is a great song. If not for you, a Bob Dylan song, actually, I think they co-wrote together. Right. Uh, Behind That Locked Door, Let It Down, Run of the Mill. Then you go into I Live For You, Beware of Darkness, uh, uh, Let It Down Again. My Sweet Lord, he, he has a My Sweet Lord 2000 remix on here. Uh, you uh, got oh, Beware yeah. of Darkness, uh, Apple Scruffs, which was an ode to the uh, Apple, uh, the groupies of the Beatles who used to hang outside Apple. Right. Ballad of Sir Frank and Crisp, Let It Roll, which is a absurdist kind of early 70s rock title. Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp. That's a great song. All right. Waiting on You All, which contains one of my, uh, what are your, what, what's your take on religion and Catholicism uh, is, I don't know, but Waiting for You All is, uh, is when the Pope owns 51% of General Motors, the only thing is qualified, only thing is qualified to quote us is, is the stock exchange. The stock right. exchange is the only thing is qualified to quote us. All things must right. pass. <laughs> I dig love. Art of dying with, all things must pass it is a legend uh, already a legend at the time cementing himself on his own um, wow I'll have to confess the only one I'm uh, intimately familiar with on those was My Sweet Lord yeah oh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that that one of course got played at infinitum it did uh, and then he got sued for it and that affected the later part of his career he was gun shy after that oh Um, wait did he get sued for plagiarism yeah yeah oh did he I thought he might have gotten Uh, sued by the the Harry Krishnans no no, no. that's that's actually he inadvertently wrote uh, one of the other My Sweet Guy or something like that. It was like, it was oh. so subtle, and he lost the case. Right. Uh, and oh, it didn't make him gunshot. But now this 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 is a home run. Uh, if you're if you like this stuff, and Harrison is my favorite Beatle, so obviously I'm going to be a little bit of a homer for it. Right. Um, but when Harrison died. Um, in 2001, uh, later that year, um, I bawled my eyes out uh, at work, yeah. and it's because this guy got me through some tough times, and this album was the one album that got me through those tough times. Well, I'll tell you one of the great things, like I said, being a music fan and kind of wishing I had the talent to be a musician <laughs> right. is, you know, he's going to live forever, of course. Absolutely. You know, I really... And with George, he might be here now. He, he, he just <laughs> might. He, he's <laughs> probably playing a tambourine with paint on his face. So that I'm is sorry. a legend yeah. at his best, mm-hmm. and you got on your list. A, a legend at his best, and that would be Bob Dylan, as I mentioned before. And if you asked me 15 years ago uh, who uh, is going to be on your top 10 album list, yeah. Bob Dylan would have ranked somewhere in the 7,000s. Like, he, he, he totally would have been, understand. been maybe the 7,100s. I'll, yeah. I'll put him up there. I was not a Bob Dylan fan at all. Yeah. And as I, we, we did a podcast before where I mentioned how the TV show Ed yeah. made me a Bob Dylan fan because the last track, which is actually, you could almost look at it as a, like a throwaway track. Mm-hmm. This is a 10-song album that probably runs about 58 minutes. It's. I, yeah. think, I think it actually runs about 52. I mean, it, there are a lot of long tracks on here, and I'm sure the mm-hmm. actual vinyl sounded terrible for it, but Buckets of Rain was just yeah, a beautiful, yeah. nice, lilting ballad. But but uh, everybody, a lot of people, I'm sure, know Tangled Up in Blue. 
Mm-hmm. And I quoted Idiot Wind yeah, earlier, the other earlier before yeah, with yeah. the best of vindictive uh, love song ever. Uh, but boy, other tracks, Simple Twist of Fate, You're a Big Girl Now, uh, You're Gonna Make Me Lonesome When You Go is actually a fairly... Mm-hmm. Um, Shelter from the Storm is a, is a pretty big... Which pretty, may be my... I'm not. I'm like you. I'm a late bloomer on Dylan. Right. And the one that made me change my mind was Shelter uh, from the Storm, which appeared in the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. Oh, well, there you go. Cameron Crowe saving music once again. Uh, okay. For, for people who are uneducated, uneducated like me on the classics. Yeah, yeah. This album has kind of got half regular songs and half kind of story songs. Like this mm-hmm. one called uh, Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, which is right. a, which is a probably about a nine minute long track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really, this album made me a Dylan fan. It's like it, it, again, I I know I've given this impersonation several times, but it's. Ugh, like that—that right, right, that was right. my whole. Pe- that, people that, still to this day think that. T- think think that, that. Yeah. Not but, not on not without basis. Uh, no, or no, without in, merit. Entirely you know. without basis. Yeah. He, he and Tom Petty having the conversation with interpreters. But <laughs> but the fa- you know you listen to this album and you get it. Yeah. And especially because he really he actually can sing. And but, yes, but, he can, but yeah, boy yeah. can he write. He, yeah, that's he can, the key. Yeah. He can write. When you look I mean, at his catalog, I was looking at it the other day on iTunes. Yeah. Because um, I'm going to be picking up blood in the tracks here soon, and um. Yeah. um when you look on it, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh he wrote that one too. Oh yeah, that's oh, his too. Oh, oh yeah, oh he, oh yeah, he wrote that for the other band had that song. Yeah, but he wrote sure. that too. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and, and I tell you, even if you even if you don't listen to the song "Idiot Wind," look up the lyrics and read them because yeah, yeah. it it really it's a it's about a uh, seven and a half eight minute long, long song, but it's uh, there's really very little repetition and it it, yeah. it reads like a book and it is it is just fantastic awesome. ly- lyrically speaking. That's awesome. A lot of the tracks. Um, um, well, speaking of keeping in that vein, uh, uh, I'm going to go with uh, my. Uh, sorry, I'm checking my phone here. My boss has been calling me all day. Ooh, what a dick! There, there's a break in reality there. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Petty's Wildflowers, which is not a Heartbreakers album. It's Tom Petty. Though a lot of the Heartbreakers appear on it. Mike Campbell uh, co-produced it. Rick Rubin produced it. Uh, Bent Montench plays keyboards on it. Um, and I shopped next to him in Amoeba one time. That's why I like shopping in Amoeba in Hollywood. I looked over and I was like, it's Ben Montanch, keyboardist from Heartbreakers. No kidding. Uh, just looking for music. Um, anyways, this came out in 94. Uh, huh. The single most everyone will know from it is It's Good to Be King. Um, and that, 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 uh, that video uh, with the, uh, he was in the circus uh, and all that stuff. And the, the video was oh, popular wow. in the time. Um, I, I, I'll call myself a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers fan. All right. However, I don't own a lot of their stuff. And after the late 90s, I didn't listen to a lot of their stuff. All right. Apologies to Tom Petty. Uh, not I, So I couldn't tell you if he kept it up or not. I don't know. For mm. whatever reason, mm. I just tuned out. And part of the reason, I got to admit, is once it got to Wildflowers, I was like, uh, this is all I want. Because this album, yeah. all wow. 15 tracks, um, gosh, it's just, it's, it's, it's. There's a lot of meaning to these songs to me. There's a lot of emotional punch to these songs. Crawling Back to You, uh, Wake Up Time, that those two to close the album, tracks 14 and 15, are, are just these long, mm. sad, melancholy, yet hopeful ballads that you and I talk about a lot. Right. Uh, Wake Up Time is kind of a slap in the face to lonely people, too. Um, don't Fade on Me, Hard on Me. There's, there's a lot of breakups in here. Um, All right. But uh, Only a Broken Heart is, is great. And uh, and you don't know how it feels. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that one I know. You don't. Sorry, I was mistaken. You don't know how it feels is the one that was the uh, video from at the circus. Okay, I apologize. Gotcha. It's been twenty years, people. Right, I apologize. It's been a while. Time to move on. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Title itself is is uh, 
is great. So, and I remember one time, uh, my friend of mine was going through a divorce at the time and I, I was about 22 and I didn't understand what that meant. Right. Uh, 22, 23. And, and I had this album playing in a car and he, he was <laughs> so angry at me because <laughs> this, what are you doing to me? And I was like, Oh, it's great. It's Tom Petty. It's, it's wildflowers. It's a great album. It's, it's like, you don't understand what you're doing. And he actually pulled over the car what? and went and bought it. Wow. We found a record store, a tower, and he pulled over. He's like, I got to go in and buy this album. And he goes, you don't understand. You know, he was in the middle of a divorce. Oh and so, gosh. you know, you, it, time to move on and you wreck me and only a broken heart. Don't fade on me. Uh, crawling back to you. All the stuff in there wow. hit him so hard. And I think uh, I've never been through a divorce myself, but I've been through breakups in love like we all have. So I think I picked up on that. Mm. And uh, that album, uh, like I told you, it, it, it was so good. It ended my fandom of, a, of an artist, basically, because it was like, I can't, this is it. I don't want to listen to anything else. He, he, he wrote himself out of a job. Yes, yeah, actually. He pretty much did. You know, I, I will confess to never having really been a big Petty fan. Yeah. He, he was always Fair one enough, of those guys. I'm not either. Yeah. yeah, he was always one of those guys that I always said, if he can't, comes out with a good greatest hits, I'll get it. And then he did, and mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I have it if you want to borrow. Okay. Yeah. Good, could you? Yeah, I'd appreciate that. I will not burn a copy because that's not who I am. But um, I really. But uh, I, I tell you. But having said that, the one song I really love from him, just because I love the lyrics, you know, talking about our, our disdain of the music industry, is mm-hmm. "Into the Great Wide Open," which is about about an up and coming rock star yeah. who uh, suddenly hits a roadblock when his A and R man doesn't hear a single mm-hmm. on his album. Like mm-hmm. I hear that. Like, yep, Johnny Depp in the video. Johnny Depp in the video. Mm-hmm. Ab- yep, absolutely. And that's you know anything slamming the music industry. I'm down right you know and i'm sure tom right. Petty's got as much as we love music he's, uh, he's, 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 love music because the, the music industry it destroys music it, 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 really. <laughs> it destroys destroys being a fan it, it uh, does what do you got here okay well um i'll skip over this one go to this one uh, okay level 42 is actually always yeah you one of my, mentioned that okay and, and, and they're another band that uh something about you huge huge hit in the states mm-hmm. other than that pretty much uh completely obscure uh big in england uh running in the family is the name of this album um you you're i see a puzzle look on your face yeah, well, you're, you're, i'm you're, taking it in you're not, I'm not familiar. familiar well mark king is the main guy in the band he is considered one of the best bassists in the world okay he's, he's a fantastic bassist. as a matter of fact one night i saw a concert i had a i had a he played at the club nokia in la and my buddy daryl the same guy i mentioned earlier got he got us tickets and it turned out to be front row center oh nice and when mark king is done you know he's he's a bass slapper where he's got gotcha. he's got his bass slapping thumb tape on and he's slapping that bass and after the show got done he takes the he takes the tape off looks at me and kind of like gives me like a little hand wave and I'm, yeah. i put my hands up and he throws me the bass slap and thumb tape i happen to have it, Where, it yeah. it's it's upstairs i'll show it's it at the shrine i saw up it, there it, the candles it is, it is the altar to mark king upstairs Gosh. right with the with the incense but level 42 uh, yeah, what, what era what years uh, what are we well, talking about this song would have come out in 1987 yeah something about you came out in 85 it's it's the same kind of thing nothing's going to save the world but it's it's good like well they started out as kind of a funk a fusion almost kind of band right. and they and they kind of morphed into more like pop but he is a fantastic bassist good good pop songs Lessons in Love was, was mm-hmm. kind of a big hit uh, the title track Running in the Family Beautiful Love Ballad Call It's Over which mm-hmm. I, I don't have to tell you what, what that's about <laughs> um uh, two solitudes, but yeah, I'm just throwing out song names now. But and this is one again that that start to finish. Like I listened to this album, and it kind of takes me back. Yeah. And I got really lucky. I was in England about a year and a half ago, and one of those things where I was working in Cambridge, and I just somehow managed to find out that Level 42 was going to be doing a concert in Cambridge while I was there. And I get there, and as an extra added treat, found out that it was the 25th anniversary of Running in the Family, and they played the album in its, in its entirety, entirety from start to finish. Yeah, I had no idea that was coming, so that was a nice rare treat for me. But okay. yep, but that's uh, not really not really much more to say about that one other than yeah, yeah. it's just, just great other music. Other than and you it, love it. Other, other I love than it. I love it, and it takes me back. 
I love it. Yep. Go go ahead and finish, then we'll wrap up with mine and then. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, I, I like me some Genesis. I'm a Genesis fan. Okay. Not, yeah. not a massive Genesis fan, especially after the Genesis as a whole, or as as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of more of a fan of the Gabriel days, but gotcha. I like Phil Collins okay. too. I mean, I I didn't like them as much when they became Phil Collins and his backup musicians yeah, and vocalists. Right, right. But um, uh, side project was this is not a Genesis album. This is a uh, Tony Banks, yeah. the keyboardist, um, did an album called Still, and it's it's kind of an unusual one. In that it's uh, he only sings one of the songs. Every there are no instrumentals. Every song has vocals. He sang one song. Uh, Nick Kershaw, if you know him from Wouldn't It Be Good fame, he's okay. he's yeah. a big English. He does three of the songs. Fish from the band Marillion, who was once in the band Marillion, he sang two. Uh, there were two other people. They each sang two, and then Tony Banks sang, sang one oh. also. And what's interesting is like uh, the 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 Nick Kershaw songs sound like Nick Kershaw. The, the Fish songs sound like Marillion. It, it's uh, the other hmm. the other two people. The names are Andy Taylor, not of Duran Duran. It's just right, a different right. Andy Taylor and a woman named Jean. Any climax. Uh, I don't know their stuff, but they're fantastic That's too. It's an interesting concept. It, it is an interesting concept, and it is one where I can listen to individual songs, but it really works as an album. Not a concept album, but just just hmm. just start to finish. I could throw you song names, you wouldn't recognize any of them, so I won't even bother. Yeah, but it, well, but if it you is start to finish. You but, just love but the start album, to finish. Yeah. It's it, it's it's great again. Pop rock. It's yeah. It's which which I'm a sucker for. Give me good lyrics, a good melody. Three more, minutes and a melody. Man. More more hooks than a taco box. You yeah. know anything. Right. Great album. That hmm. that let me take a look at that. Yeah. Tony Banks. That's interesting. Yeah. And that that completes my top ten. By the way, that's it. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Uh, that's interesting. I'd never heard about that. I mean, I was well, obviously familiar with Mike and the Mechanics, like you said, the other right uh, offshoot of Genesis. But um, yeah, Tony Banks hasn't done a lot of solo stuff. But that yeah. that album is just just uh, fantastic. And I don't even remember how I discovered it. I again, I think I might have been flipping through the UCD racks because I'm a little embarrassed. That was a UCD. How much of these titles though? Still, it takes me by surprise. Hero oh. for an hour. I want to change the score what out of wine another <laughs> murder of a day that is one of the um fish slash marillion songs it's kind of proggy it's kind of gotcha. a, kind of a prog sort of a song a hero for an hour is the one that tony banks sings okay. it, it's where he talks about he talks about um him pussing out basically it talks, <laughs> talks about him, him being him being in a, in a in a tight scrape and basically running away i like it yeah i like it <laughs> all right um Thank you for sharing your list, Jay. That's that's my list. Very, it's very hard to share this stuff because people are going to judge us. Uh, um, don't they shouldn't? I judge. know no no one would dare do that in the world. They but don't music, even know us. Music how, how, is so personal. It, it I'm, I'm going to get where's Springsteen. I'm going to get where's uh, uh, this band, that band. Where's Metallica? Where's uh, Van Halen? Uh, I'm going to get all that stuff. Right. Uh, where's the Doors? Where's this and that? And you know what? I want you folks to have your list and uh, tweet me and email me and, and we'll share and we'll talk about it. Maybe you'll come on one day, folks. Mm. I'm going to close this out with um, next to the Beatles, perhaps my favorite band, uh, which is U2. I know. Roll your eyes, people. Aren't we all tired of Bono? <laughs> We're all tired of Bono trying to save the earth. How dare he? How dare he put a song out for free on the Super Bowl that raises money for AIDS? He saved uh, the earth uh, years ago uh, yeah. and yet he's still doing it. How come dare? On. How dare we? How dare he? Right. And yes, I know you don't like their last 10 years of stuff and yes 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 but you know what at one point this band mm. changed the world and much like the Beatles they changed it all again the Joshua Tree is probably their quote best album although uh, some might say the Unforgettable Fire was quote their best album um, and 89 they were a struggling band uh, not sure what, what direction they were going to go not sure where they wanted to take it the documentary Rattle and Hum came out the album which has some of my favorite YouTube songs came out to to mild uh, tepid response so mm. at the end of their concert um, the leg of concerts in about 89 Bono says uh, we're going to go away and dream it all up again yeah and 
little tiny comment at the moment, but it was captured for posterity. And I, I love that, uh, that statement because a year and a half later, they come out with uh, Octoon Baby. And that is on my list. And that one... Very polarizing album. Polarizing album. And that's, again, yeah. looking back now through history, mm-hmm. especially say you're 20 right now. All you right. weren't alive when this album came out. Uh, and maybe you like you 2 Maybe Beautiful Day and all these yeah. things. And you're like, oh, let me look at the history of it. Oh, I like this album. It yeah. seems kind of normal compared to the word. This was a rootsy band full of integrity and and sincere looks off into the sunset. And they come back with goggles and glasses <laughs> and weird sounds and weird cars and weird videos and things people hadn't heard before from a YouTube band. It It was like you said polarizing yeah they all dressed like ali g basically <laughs> yeah right. and it was them yeah. being the rock stars that they were instead of fighting it which was kind of what they had been been doing they decided let's embrace it and be mm-hmm. the biggest rock stars in the world yep and again it's one of the things where of the time we talked about elton john or something i i i was there but not as i was still young enough to where i didn't fully understand i liked that song mysterious ways it's kind of cool yeah. uh, a few years later when i got into radio i got it but um you know track listing everyone knows by this time if you're a fan zoo station even better than the real thing one which is perhaps the greatest u2 song if you have to choose one and and one of my th- favorite things about one is that very few people know actually know what it's about Right, it, and, and, and yes, there's a couple different thoughts on it, but it's a, maybe an AIDS thing. Maybe it's that, that, a, that was my yeah. understanding. I had heard it was, it was a boy with AIDS actually yeah. singing to his father. We're, father we're, we're one, but we're not the same. Yeah, coming out to yeah. his father, a lot of that stuff. Fascinating, um, yeah. And one was the song that saved the band during the recording process because it wasn't working, the whole album, everything. Mm. And then they hit on one, and they turned this out um, until the end of the world, which is one of my favorite oh, U2 songs. It is a... Maybe it, my favorite. It is a song. Uh, it's basically uh, Judas Iscariot singing to Jesus. Yeah. And... and um, for me, with a strong spiritual Christian base, that song is just a song about grace and forgiveness and regret and pain. And it's great. Now, who's going to ride your wild horses? So cruel, which when you're going through unrequited love, as I have a lot, so cruel. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. You know, first you make me enter, then you make me crawl. And I can't... Uh. Figure out what's going on. Uh, the fly, mm. mysteriously. Trying to throw your arms around. I'm getting the ultraviolet light my way. Acrobat. Love is blindless. That could go on and on and on. It is one of the all-time legendary albums. But again, mm. a trick to you too. I think once it gets into your soul, if you're one of those people, it just never leaves you. And that album, uh, every once in a while, I have to go put it on some way, whether it's on my computer or find a way to put it on in my car. Um, I have to listen to it again just yeah. to kind of reset my, my soul a little bit. Now they really went off the deep end, so to speak, on the next album, Zuropa. Zuropa, which... Talk about a polarizing album. They recorded wow. during this tour, uh, and it was kind of considered the second half of the album or the sequel. Um, and there's actually a lot of songs I like on Zuropa. Oh, me too. No, but I'm just yeah, saying... But, yeah, but, but no, you're but, right. But at the classic time, YouTube, like... It was, le- what like, is this? Because Lemon is just... I mean, she will Lemon... Oh boy, that's um, uh, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry yeah, about that. Sorry. I'm not going to edit that out, by the way. People. No, that's staying in. The, yeah, um, the kid stays in the picture. There's a lot. Zeropa, I actually really like. And but you're right, though. It yeah. was the album that like killed you too for a lot of people. Yeah. If if you played numb for people and mm-hmm. said, "Who is this?" You would you wouldn't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take yeah. a guess. Who is this? You would say Judas Priest. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, you wouldn't say that. But you would say you would never guess because yeah. it doesn't sound like Bono, and it's just don't. don't, don't yeah, and, and, and it's uh, it's Dave Evans yeah. singing Edge. Right. And then and then they follow uh, that up with Pop, which I was in radio when Pop came out and just fell flat. Mm. And uh, looking back, even Pop, I like. You're looking back, you go, oh, this wasn't that bad. Right. I don't know what I was expecting, but Pop was a uh, big, and they had to go away and figure it all out again, yeah. um, and kind of get the more modern U2 and again you can debate and debate U2 for an hour I know what they mean to some people they mean eye rolls Um, and some people like me it is my church I go to the church of Bono well you know they're just one of those bands that are so big that yeah. that I, I think a lot of people don't like them just because of that big. And it's just a theory. I'm a New York Yankee fan, as you know. I'm used to that. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes, Jay, you are. Jay just asked me to leave the house. Right. Anyway, so that is my <laughs> top ten plus a two uh, bonus albums. Uh, that is yours. There's other albums we could talk on and on. And and the, the great thing about this about being a music fan is is it changes. It, you, it, know, you and I could do a top does. ten album list maybe a year from now, and you might be like, you know what, that Tired Pony album. Oh, that's on it. it, it you know, and, I, I almost put it on now, but yeah. but again, you know, I knocked that stupid Tony Banks album off. No, but I, I uh, <laughs> but I just really, again, I, I've listened to the album several times already. I've only owned it a couple of weeks, right. but I've already listened to it several times. It's on heavy rotation, as they say, yeah. in the radio world. Yeah. Not that I was ever part of the radio world, right. but every rotation uh, meant someone paid you a lot. No, it, it, that it, never happened. Exactly. But it, again, it hasn't passed the test of time yet. And these, and these are not, it, like you said, these are not the 10 greatest albums yes, ever recorded. Right, right. These are my 10 favorite albums. Right. We're not debating the top 10 of all time. No. We're debating the ones that move me because I wanted to spark in the listeners, the, the Knapsack Files listeners that have hung through these conversations about music. I know some of you probably haven't hung through it. I apologize. We'll get back to talking about life, the universe, and everything. But I wanted to take some time to talk about music, and we're going to do it again because I love coming up and talking to Jay about it. Oh. Uh, music is so personal. Mm. Music is passion and, and a personal bent on that passion. So it's hard to debate an argument. Argument, and as I got older in my youth, in my youth as a youth, uh, I absolutely used to be like, "How could you like that? That's stupid." Yep. yep. I don't do that as much anymore, mm-hmm. and I also find that I like a lot of things that I didn't like before. You, you talk about Dylan. Um, at one point, I did not like the Who. Now I'm a big, big. About 15 years ago, became a big Who fan. Yep. Don't know what happened. I didn't like Elvis for a long time, and then I, you, you, know, I, you and I talked on the first time we we talked about music on the Napsack Files. Uh, driving through Memphis, and Suspicious Minds was playing, which is not even Elvis's best song, but it's my favorite Elvis song. Yeah. And listening to it as I drove through the Forty Freeway through Memphis, I had a spiritual awakening to Elvis. You know, what I mean, it, right. things I couldn't expect. That is, it, is it, you told me in college, you, yeah. you, you'd like Elvis. <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah. And, and you say that sometimes, you know, sometimes it takes a while for things to click. I was not yeah. a Beatles fan growing up. And you right. mentioned the last time we were together that people, you like to think that people will eventually discover the Beatles sooner or later right. organically. I look at my nieces who are 12 and 10 and I go, I would love to think that they're going to be big Beatles fans someday. And maybe it's my job to do that because right. I mean, they listen to Radio Disney. The Beatles will not yeah. get played on radio. Yeah. I, I ask them, do you know Beatles? They say, oh, yeah. And they start singing, we all live in a yellow submarine. Like, okay, so you know that. Kind of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're almost there. You're, 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 you're on the right track. Start singing Revolution Number 9. And we'll yeah, well, they did start singing Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except Me and My Monkey, which that just brought a little <laughs> tear to my eye, but uh, they didn't Yeah, sing, and that's but. great. You know, uh, me and Kevin Harris talked on episode 30 of the Napsuck Files about music and him and his now ex-wife choosing to what songs they were going to have their kids listen to and kind of... Mm plotting it out and then all his daughter hit a certain age and now it's one direction and he doesn't know where he failed um, <laughs> and then uh, Kevin spends 10 minutes defending ELO 
is the best band of all time in his world because uh, and it's you once you listen to him you believe his case because it is wow. so near and dear to him yeah. and that is what you and I have we have two lists that are very very different mm-hmm. uh, I hope all you out there were taking notes and please find us on Facebook the Knapsack Files has a Facebook page like it and right there and say you're an idiot you didn't put uh, greetings from Asbury Park on and you know what you're right your list needed that uh, and it's a great album and, and let us know uh, you can follow Jay on Twitter at Jay on Demand that's J-A-Y on Demand follow him and then tweet to him your list sucked too and it should have had <laughs> this uh, and you can follow me at Ken Napsok and say how dare you like Oasis and you 2 and put them on the same list uh, I get it uh, and uh, don't forget you can find us on Potomatic, Stitcher and iTunes and if you're on iTunes do me a favor if you haven't subscribed subscribe now and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really, really helps. And we hope you keep listening. And the next time, Jay, we're going to have another conversation about music soon. I and hope so. we're going to talk and talk and talk. But for now, <laughs> we have talked enough. So for Jay from Camarillo, I'm Ken Napsok. This has been the Napsok Files, and we will see you next time.